Princeton Alliance, I'm glad to be here. Um, definitely a, a strange season for us all, but I'm very thankful to be here. Um, and just thankful for the friendship with Pastor Alex and many of you. So there was thousands of people in the room. And we were about to start worship. And I received a text message from my wife saying, we are pregnant. I'm standing there next to Pastor Alex. And I remember leaning over to share with him this great news. There was fear even in sharing this because prior to this, we had two miscarriages within one year. There was, but I couldn't contain the excitement. Pastor Alex was one of the few that we shared this news with. Many in our own very family didn't even know about it. So a few weeks passed and we found out that we had another miscarriage. I was at a low point in my life, confused by what was happening to my family, broken by my lack of ability to help my wife. She was going through the physical and emotional pain of her third miscarriage in a little over a year. Honestly, I had no desire to do ministry. But throughout this time, I would get messages from Pastor Alex encouraging me and letting me know that I was not alone. Over nine years ago, Princeton Alliance Church decided to start a partnership with us. We were young, recent graduates from, and, and eager to reach ties for Jesus. Honestly, we had no idea what we were doing. Yet PAC decided to take a risk by investing in us to reach ties. Over those years, hundreds of ties have heard the gospel and tasted the love of Jesus. A church was started in the heart of one of the hardest places in Bangkok. This location was not difficult because of poverty, but difficult because of the hardness of hearts. Before entering the campus, many missionaries laughed at us when we told them that God wanted us to reach this university. They said, these are the number, these are the number one students in Thailand. They are smart, wealthy, and full of pride. These students feel like they don't need God to help them. And many missionaries have tried and left to other universities. Yet in one of the most challenging places in Bangkok, God allowed us, the Alliance family, to be a part of reaching them for Jesus. So we came back in April of 2020, thinking that we would only be here for about six months, but it's almost a year now. Uh, that month, we found out that we were pregnant again. And in December, Ting gave birth to our son, Winston Jubal Lee Tao. Winston is a reminder that we are victorious in Jesus and that there are wins in the midst of losses. That we should never lose hope in Jesus. And so maybe even just this morning, if you're going through these things, may that be a reminder to you. And Jubilee is a, is a play on to the word Jubilee. 
a time of freedom and rest and restoration. So a lot's been going on with my family, and I am thankful that Princeton Alliance was not only focused on ministry to the ties, but ministry to us as a family. We came home from the hospital with flowers and a gift card waiting for us from you guys. And so this morning I took some time to share this because I wanted to say thank you and share with you how much you mean to us as a family. Your love for us only inspires us to want to reach more ties for Jesus. So nine years ago, I thought we only gained a financial partner, but I was wrong. We gained a family. We became family in order to reach ties for Jesus. And this year, we all know, due to the pandemic, things are all up in the air. But we were able to get a glimpse of what it was like to play your role. As we left Thailand in April, we left behind one Thai staff to run our site. She's fairly a new believer, less than five years. And I remember the first time meeting her, and this was a few years ago, I thought she was a Christian already, but she wasn't. She'd been living with other Christian girls and had learned how to act like a Christian. So she was fairly friendly and knew all the right words to say, but she made it clear to us that she was not a Christian. A year or so passed and we were at our church retreat, another project that Princeton Alliance Church continues to partner with. And so because you give, we're able to invite non-Christians to come and we're able to pay a majority of it. So during communion, at the end of the retreat, we shared the gospel. And if anyone wanted to surrender their lives to Jesus, that they were also invited to come to the table with Jesus. And so while we were having communion, she stood up and went and took communion. You can just see the room. Everyone that was praying for her broke down crying. And we all talked with her afterwards and cried together. So now she's the only person other than our church that we have in Bangkok. And it's been very interesting to be on this side. So we can't be there. So we encourage her, empower her, and guide her to do ministry. She has connected so well with the ties in the local community and the university students and even gone out of her way to connect with Thai Christians who have strayed away. Throughout her time, we have been able to coach her to slow down to make Jesus a priority that's not all about work, 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 but it's about the relationship with Jesus and have seen her grow tremendously. So thank you, Prince Alliance, for teaching us how to be good support to missionaries. We are able to empower and encourage our Thai staff to do that because you did it so well with us. And again, I share this to remind you that your investment is making an impact not only in our lives, but in those in Bangkok. 
the years of sending finances, teams, and just coming through to encourage us from Pastor Boyd's yearly visits, those conversations have totally impacted my ministry. The care from Pastor Alex, Pastor Nathan, and Bing have been so good for our family. The teams that continue to come and continue to do ministry even when they're at home have been huge to our ministry. So one quick story. A few years ago, we met this girl through a Thai Christian friend. The Thai Christian brought her, introduced us to her, but kindly left her to us. And so instantly you could tell this particular woman was hard to connect with. When we met her, she was in her mid-20s. And then two years prior to that, she lost her father. And years before that, she lost her mother. So now she is an orphan. But before her father's passing, he set her up with multiple real estates. And so financially, she was stable. But emotionally and socially, she was everywhere. She said for the past two years after losing her father, she just hid and was alone. She barely talked to anyone. So you could tell this impacted her social interaction with people. During that time, we were actually hosting um, a team from Princeton Alliance. And a team member took time to spend with her, even when she was hard to be around with. After that trip, I thought the interaction between the team and her would just disappear. But I was shocked to find out that months later when this Thai girl updated me with her life, that that same Princeton Alliance Church team member had continued to Zoom and connect with her. And it wasn't just once in a long time, it was almost every week. Has inspired me to continue to be faithful to people. And so every time we talk about Princeton Alliance, this particular woman just lights up. She even said, that the particular team member from Prince Alliance was her best friend. This Thai woman is not yet a Christian, but has been active in our community groups, our church, and continue to grow in her knowledge of Jesus because of people like you. And so I've chosen to share these stories with you to encourage you that God is on mission and has empowered each one of us by the Holy Spirit to advance in mission with him. Whether it's through prayer, generous giving, encouraging missionaries, connecting with people, we all have a role to play and are capable of doing these things through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, the most common way people look at this is demographically. It starts from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. It starts from your city to your state, to the country, to the ends of the earth. And this is true, and we need to look and take the gospel demographically. Recently, a missionary encouraged me to look at it culturally. To those that are most, sim most similar to you in culture 
and then go forth from there culturally. It might not take much to notice that even your neighbors may be culturally different from you. When I landed in New Jersey, instantly I noticed how diverse this place was. So my encouragement to you is to make Christ your main identity, understand your cultural background, and offer that part of your identity to advance the kingdom. Take risks to connect with those that are culturally different from you. Use your cultural background to connect with those that are similar to you. We can take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the near and far. We can go to the deaf girl in a, in a sermon that I shared previously with this church, to the ties, to the rich, to the poor, and to all the nations from near and far with different cultural backgrounds. But to do this, it will take all of us. We cannot count on just a few to do it. We all have a role to play. It's not just for the pastor or the leaders. It takes all of us sharing the gospel in creative ways. Your small conversation might be a part of the process of leading a particular person to surrender and follow Jesus. It may take dinners, fishing trips, coffee meetings, Bible studies, random conversations, but all with the same intention of creating space for them to encounter Jesus. It's not up to one person. It's a community of believers, an alliance that is committed to seeing people come to know Jesus and working together with one single mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ. It will take churches who are willing to send and people who are willing to go to bring Christ to the world near and far. Won't just happen if we are not intentional about it. So recently I took up this thing called squirrel hunting. <laughs> I don't know how many of you squirrel hunt. Uh, but because of COVID and actually being back in the States, I was able to register for hunting. So I went squirrel hunting for the very first time, actually any hunting for the first time. Honestly, before going, I didn't think it was that hard and never respected squirrel hunters. But I want to say I'm so sorry. You guys are amazing. Squirrel hunting is very difficult. And so I went out with my brothers and I was nervous because I'd never done it before. And if I went out by myself, I wouldn't know what to do, where to start. But my brothers went with me and taught me where and what to look for, especially to look for in that tree. When that tree starts to expand and make that Y shape, squirrels like to sit right there. And as soon as I entered the forest, my eyes couldn't stop scanning. I looked up and down and everywhere. And honestly, I didn't know how to walk while hunting. At first I was walking, I was just stepping on every single branch. I was so loud, I probably scared all the squirrels away. Then the first time I saw that beautiful squirrel, I kept zooming in and waiting for the perfect shot. But it never came and I lost many opportunities because of those reasons. Then my brother said to me, you just have to take the shot. So then the, fi the time finally came 
And I saw the squirrel jumping up and down and it stopped on a log. I paused for a second and I took the shot. The squirrel jumped back and I thought I totally missed it. And I got there and I found that I had successfully shot it. I actually took a weird moment. I thanked God for the meat and then I packaged it. Uh, but finally, after two days, I shot my first and only squirrel. But as I was thinking about squirrel hunting, I had to prepare for the hunt. I had to learn about hunting. I had to wear the correct hunting clothes and learn how to not scare them and have a strategy, be mentally ready. And it was extremely helpful to, some, to, to have someone who's done it before to guide me on how to do it. Yet having all of this helped me prepare, but it did not guarantee that I would get a squirrel. But if I didn't prepare or have a gun ready, I would never get a squirrel. But I knew squirrels were out there. And so I sat in the woods and I started to think, this is a lot like evangelism and missions. We have to prepare daily to be intentional. And it's helpful to have someone who's done it before to help guide us, but it's not necessary because thanks to God, we already have the Holy Spirit who can guide all of us in this mission. And guys, there is a big difference when you compare walking in the woods and hunting in the woods. I think too often as Christians, we just walk around in our world never prepared, never scanning for that opportunity to join God in what he is doing around us. If we keep waiting for that perfect opportunity to share the gospel, we might just miss it. When it presents itself, we need to join God and allow him to lead us. Let's be intentional and prepare ourselves to join God in his work at any moment. So there was this one time <clears throat> I was at Starbucks and I was working on homework and I was, I, was, I was about to leave, but I remember I had an automatic car starter. And so I stopped at the door and started the car. I looked around and what I noticed a lady reading a book called The Unholy Spirit. So I knew God was tugging at my heart to do something, but I was nervous and I was actually on my way out, but I felt awkward and fearful, but instead I just decided I'm just gonna trust God and his prompting and take a step of faith to see what God was doing around me. So I went over and said, that's an interesting book. Can you tell me about it? She said she actually just got it but really was visiting the area because her friend was leaving to be a missionary. So I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a missionary in Thailand. And she started to open up her life to me. She was sharing with me that she's been doubting her relationship with God. And as I sat there and I prayed for her and encouraged her, and right before I was gonna leave, she said, God used this situation to remind her of God's love for her. This didn't happen in Thailand. This happened in Kansas City. 
This can happen right where you are. Be intentional and scan for what God is doing around you and be ready to join him. Yeah, it might be fearful. It might be awkward. But isn't that what it means to take a risk for Jesus? We have to take our eyes off what people may think about us. Our fear and fix our eyes on Jesus and his mission. Mission is not just about putting on a show in a foreign country. It's a lifestyle that is lived wherever you are. So in Thailand, I have a Thai friend who works for the United Nations. She told me a story when she was actually robbed. Um, she had finished dropping off a friend and returned home. She parked her car outside of the apartment and went to grab something from the back of the trunk. As she looked up, there was a man standing right there. The next thing she noticed was his fist hitting her in the face. She quickly ran to the driver's side. They tried to get in the car, but struggled to open it. Then it seemed like she said they were playing tag back and forth around the car. The man eventually grabbed her and hit her again, but this time with his handgun. In that moment, she realized that in her UN self-defense class, they taught her to poke the guy in the eyes. So she tried that. It didn't work. He then picked her up and body slammed her to the ground. As she laid there looking up, she saw her dad looking out the window, screaming down from the apartment. The guy grabbed her stuff and left. She slowly got up and went inside. So as I heard this story, I was broken for her and yet was reminded that we were once like this. We were beat up by our sins and by saying the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But our loving Heavenly Father God didn't just watch and scream, but with compassion, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to come down, to run down and be vulnerable, to risk his life and eventually die on the cross to set us free so that we will never, ever have to be beaten down again by the bondage and punishment of sin. Jesus didn't have to come down, but he gave us what we did not deserve. As it says in Romans 5 eight, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This is grace. This is the love that God has for all of us. And so as followers of Jesus, we are called to be imitators of God, like it says in Ephesians 5. So as Jesus came down, we are sent to go to meet people where they are, to take risks, to preach through words and deeds, the gospel of Jesus, inviting them into a loving relationship with our God. Are we willing to go? Risk ourselves and go to regions and cultures beyond so that others may have the same opportunity to meet Jesus? Or will we remain in the same place, in our comfort zone, in our churches, and just scream to people? These regions are near and far. They are your neighbors who are culturally different from you. 
and the people in Thailand and other countries. It's not fair for them not to get the same opportunity to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ, the one who came down to save them. As A.B. Simpson, our founder for the Alliance said, we need to finish our unfinished work. We need to do the things that we have thought of doing, intended to do, talked about doing, and are abundantly able to do. First of all, we need to repent of only talking and not really going, not really obeying and being on mission with God. See, I have a Thai friend who recently moved to America and I asked her what she thought was the difference between Christianity here compared to Thailand. She said here, they can have Bible studies, talk about it every week, even every day, but they don't do anything about reaching people for Jesus. May we stop merely talking about it, but actually join God in his mission. At the age of 18, after my first mission trip to a kid's home in Chiang Mai, Thailand, I was sitting in the plane reflecting on the trip and I felt God whisper to my heart, who will love them if you don't? And I thought that question would eventually die down but it never did. And that's one of the reasons why I'm a missionary today. And so I leave you with the same question. Who will love them if you don't? Who will tell them the gospel if you don't? Who will send missionaries if your church, if Princeton Alliance Church does not? Let's not wait, but let's be intentional and respond. Let's all join together as the Alliance and as a family in God's mission to make disciples of all nations. We need churches to partner with international workers. We need people to be willing to go and to be sent short-term and long-term. We need prayers. We need missionary care. We need each other. We all have a role to play. And God just doesn't call us to go alone. He goes with us and calls all of us as a family to be on mission as Jesus was on mission. Alliance family, Prince Alliance Church, as our president John Stumble often says, to reach others beyond where we are now and to bring all of Jesus to all the world, it will take all of us. So what is your role in all of this? Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your love. Thank you that while we were still sinners, you loved us and came down for us. I thank you for the work that Princeton Alliance has done and the work that they will continue to do. I pray that you will increase and use them to expand your gospel to the ends of the earth and to go even more and more into their neighborhoods. Empower us even now to reach those in our families, to reach our neighbors. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, thank you, Julie. Uh, if you can stay for a moment, I'd okay. like to pray for you. But thank you that... Um, you're able to join us here in person. We're so glad that you are here. And um, 
we continue to be inspired by your faithfulness to the mission that God called you to. Amen. And um, we are grateful that we can partner with you and Tang. Um, all these years, um, God has shown us um, how this partnership conti can continue um, proclaiming Jesus' name in, in Thailand. So we are grateful for that. Um, so I would like to pray for you. But before that, let me just um, speak to our PAC family for a moment. Uh, so PAC, um, you've heard um, Thule share how you made a difference in his life and his family and his ministry. And you have an opportunity to continue doing that, not only for Thule, but all of our global partners and our Alliance family. Um, join us in praying. If you have not subscribed to the Global Outreach Prayer Update, um, please send us an email to missions at princetonalliance.org. We will send you an email um, every month, once a month, and on there is a summary of how you can be praying for our partners. And then second, continue giving to the Global Ministry Fund. You've heard how it made an impact in Tuli's life, in his ministry, and all of our partners. So would you consider joining, joining us again this year? Go to the Princeton Alliance website. Look for the giving tab, and on there you can schedule um, recurring giving to the Global Ministry Fund, or you can give a one-time gift. Um, and then ask God how you can participate in going this year. Um, we don't know how that means. Um, travel um, is still uncertain, but we are creating some unique ways and how we can um, continue engaging with our partners. So if you are interested in learning about those opportunities, email us. Again, it's missions at princetonalliance.org. Now join me in praying for, um, for Thule. Dear Lord Jesus, our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King, we thank you and we humbly come to you today, Lord, and we invite you to reveal to us, Lord, um, your plan for us and how you can use us, Lord God, in your great plan of redeeming this world. Lord, I thank you for Thule. I thank you for his faithfulness, Lord God, for, um, for him and Tang and the children, Lord God, for how they continue to um, press on, Lord, and um, continue the call that you put in their hearts, Lord God, in Thailand. Lord, we are excited to see what you are going to do um, through their ministry, Lord God, um, this year and beyond. We are excited, Lord God, that you are moving in the lives of the Thai people through them. I pray that you will continue to equip them and raise up new leaders, Lord God, so that they can continue proclaiming your name, Lord God, and they can continue making disciples, Lord God, for you, Lord God, so that your name will be magnified. Father, I pray that um, where there is discouragement, I pray that you will remind them, Lord, that um, you who started a good work, Lord God, would carry it to completion, Lord God. I pray that um, you will reassure them, Lord, that um, you will continue to make their ministry fruitful and that you will continue to lead them and guide them, Lord God, in all the plans and the purposes that you have for them. Um, God, 
I pray that you'll give them health. I pray that you'll also um, help their children understand, Lord God, the, the impact of what they're doing, Lord God, their families doing in Thailand, in Bangkok. And I pray that lives will continue to be transformed because of their obedience, Lord. And they will know, Lord God, that your plans will continue to um, move, Lord God, and that they will continue to um, see um, your goodness, Lord God, in all areas of their life. And Lord, for all of us, I pray that you will help us to understand what it means to go and make disciples of all nations. We all have a role to play, Lord God, and help us understand what that means, Lord God, as we listen to you, as we obey you, Lord God. May your name be lifted high. Yes, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning, PAC. Um, stay warm. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. And God bless. <laughs>